you're joining me, my name is Christian, on my morning commute and probably throughout the day. And what I've decided to do is that while I'm commuting back and forth for work, to tell some of my favorite King Arthur stories. I've been a big fan of King Arthur stories for many years now. And I want to start off with my favorite one. So this story is known as Sir Gawain and Dame Ragnell. And so the story starts off with King Arthur. King Arthur's out hunting with a bunch of his knights. And, uh, you know, King Arthur was a great king. He was a great leader, a great warrior. And he also enjoyed hunting, as did most of, you know, like a lot of people at the time. So they're out hunting, and they see this white stag, which, of course, is an albino deer, a white deer. And because uh, they're so rare, they're especially a prize for hunters. And so King Arthur and his knights, they get all excited. And, uh, you know, they shoot their arrows, arrows after it. King Arthur hits it, of course. And uh, the, when, you, when you're bow hunting, a lot of times when you hit the deer, the deer doesn't die immediately. It di- takes a few, you know, seconds or minutes for it to die. So you have to track it. So King Arthur's tracking it as it had run off. And it runs through this really just thick undergrowth. And so King Arthur, he can't get his bow with him through the undergrowth. He can't get his sword. All he can get through this undergrowth with is his, you know, leather clothes that he's hunting in and uh, a small knife, Um, of course, which he needed to to clean the deer. So he gets through, he finds the deer, he starts, you know, getting ready to prepare it, and uh, he hears this this deep voice calling his name. So he stands up, he turns around, and there's this knight standing there in red armor with drawn sword, and uh, the knight says, King Arthur, I challenge you to a duel. And King Arthur go, looks at him, looks at his, like, leather clothes, his small knife, says, Sir, this is hardly a fair duel. Um, also, as I said, I'm driving, so if you hear me yell at other people on the road, uh, I'm not yelling at you, I'm just yelling at these other drivers. Uh, but, so, you know, King Arthur says to the, to the knight, this is, this is not a, a fair duel. Like, I need to be in armor and, uh, you know, ready for this. And the knight says, I don't care. I've, I've waited for this moment a long time. I finally have my chance to kill you. Uh, I'm not going to let it go. And so King Arthur's like, sir, this like, where is your honor? This is not a fair fight. Um, and you like are disgracing yourself by uh, wanting to fight in this manner. And the knight's like, I don't care. I want to fight you. And King Arthur's like, no, I'm not going to fight you like this. And the knight's like, all right, if you refuse to fight me, I have another proposition for you. And, the, the, and that is this. If you are unable to answer this question, you have to come back, fight me in a year, dressed exactly as you are now. And uh, King Arthur is like, okay, what's this question? And the knight, or, you know, the, the red knight says, the answer, or the question that you must answer is, what is it that women want most? And so King Arthur looks at him and... Alright, I, I guess you leave me no other chance or no other opportunity. So uh, I'll be back in a year with this answer to this question. In the back of his mind thinking, that's going to be probably a pretty easy question to answer. But whatever, you know, this is a chance to get out of there without getting killed, so he's going to take it. So King Arthur goes back his other knights can see that he's kind of shaken up and they say well you know what 
what happened over there? Are you all right? He says, yeah, I'm all right. I just got to, you know, answer this question. And they're like, all right, let's get back to Camelot. So, you know, they go get the deer. They get it going back to Camelot. And um, they get to Camelot. They have a big meeting. And they decide, you know, what we're going to do. We're going to get all the knights. We're going to go around. We're going to interview and record as many answers as possible. And we're going to, you know, we're going to figure out the answer to this question. So, you know, they all set off with their their uh, books and their pens to record the answers and they start interviewing everyone that they can find. So, you know, they, the, quite, the problem they run into, though, is that what started off as what they thought would probably be pretty easy to question, they started getting all these different answers. So they'd go and they'd talk to a man and they'd say, hey, what is it that women want most? And the men would say, ah, you know, money. Money is the thing that women want most. You know, lots of gold and jewels. And then they'd go ask some women, and some women would say, uh, and this is where I'm taking uh, from the translation, a lusty man, or uh, flowers, or whatever, you know, whatever people would say. And so they're getting all of these different answers pretty much from every person they talk to. So King Arthur's starting to realize this might be more of a task than he originally anticipated. But, you know, they keep going out. One day, King Arthur's riding along, and he sees this woman coming down the road. And so he pulls his horse off to the side of the road to let her to let her pass. And she goes past him a little ways, and as she passes him, he sees that she is not a particularly attractive woman. She doesn't have much hair. Uh, he doesn't find her body type attractive, and... She has this just horrible stench around her. So, but, you know, he lets her go by and, you know, wishes her, you know, a happy day or whatever they said back then. And she gets a few feet past him and he gets his horse back on the road and starting to ride off again. And she says, King Arthur. And he turns and she says, I know the answer to the question that you seek. And he looks at her and she's got this real crackly voice and he goes all right um yeah what what's the answer to the question that i'm looking for and uh she says well you know my answer comes with a price king arthur says well i am the king i i do have you know access to considerable resources money lands um you know i probably can get you whatever you're after she says oh it's not anything like that The price that I require is to be married to your nephew, Sir Gawain. And King Arthur is a little bit taken aback uh, because Sir Gawain is his best friend. They're related. You know, they fought in many battles together. And so he looks at her and he says, what what is your name? She says, my my name is Dame Dame Ragnell. He's like, all right. Um, Well, since, you know, I'm going to have to talk to... Gwen about this, um, but I'll get back to you. But uh, yes, let, let me go talk with him. So you know, he goes back to Gwen, finds Gwen in Camelot. He's, he's you know working on something, fighting something. You know what? Whatever knights did back then, and uh, says, "Hey, hey, Gwen, um, remember that question we've all been trying to answer for like the last few months?" Gwen, yeah, haven't forgot about it. That's pretty much all we've been doing for you know since the since we found out about it. And Arthur says, well, yeah, you know, I had this real interesting conversation with this woman today. Um, She said she knows the answer. 
And Gawain says, really, what is it? Please, you know, let me know. I'm dying to hear what this answer is. She said, well, I didn't get it from her. Oh, okay, why didn't you get it from her? Well, you know, she said that uh, in order for me to give uh, give this, give, give her this answer to me, um, she would need uh, something in return. And Gawain's kind of giving him a funny look, like, well, you're the king. You should probably be able to get her anything she wants. And King Arthur says, yeah, um, this is what she wanted. She wanted to marry you. And Gawain, without a hesitation, says, oh, well, I'd be happy to marry her if it means, you know, saving your life. And uh, Arthur says, well, you know, you say that, but let me tell you about her a little bit. And so King Arthur kind of describes her, and Gawain looks at King Arthur very earnestly and says, King Arthur, you are my king, you are my relative, and my best friend. I would be happy to marry her no matter what. And King Arthur, you know, is taken back by his nephew's loyalty and kindness and, you know, thanks him very sincerely. And so they go on and year comes around, King Arthur's back in this, uh, you know, in the woods, runs into the Red Knight. The Red Knight uh, says, all right, King Arthur, let's hear this answer. So King Arthur's smart and doesn't want Gwen to marry this woman if if. He doesn't have to. So he starts going through all the books of what they've compiled. Gold, um, lands, riches, all the answers that other people had given him. And uh, the Red Knight is just laughing and mocking Arthur. He's, you're as good as dead. I can't wait for you to be dead uh, and to be dead by my hand. Saying all this stuff, taunting him. And uh, King Arthur finally realizes that none of these answers are going to work and he's going to have to use this answer they got from Dame Ragnell. So he uh, looks over at Gwen, kind of mouths I'm sorry and says the answer to the question what is it that women want most is sovereignty and this red knight in his red armor his face just gets contorted and he gets furious and he starts just huffing and puffing and he looks at King Arthur and yells Dame Ragnell, that hag and then poof he disappears and King Arthur and Gawain are looking at each other like that was pretty weird the guy just disappeared Um, and you know as we get into more of the King Arthur stories I feel like that happens a lot but you know they're still taken back by it and Arthur looks at Gawain and says well I guess we've got a wedding to plan and so, you know, they go back. They start getting wedding preparations ready. So they've got the biggest church in the land that they can find. The biggest, fanciest church. They get everyone that's anyone that's there. All the fanciest lords and ladies. And they're all in their best clothes. And they've got this huge feast planned for afterwards. And, uh, it's you know, it is the event of the year. So they're... Uh, all standing there. They've got Gwen at the altar. He's wearing this beautiful white armor, polished perfectly. His hair's done perfectly. He's, you know, just the epitome of style and class at the time. And then, then Dame Ragnall comes down the aisle, and they've done everything they've can with her. They've they've styled her hair, even though it's there's not much there to work with, as best as they can. They've doused her in perfume, but you can still kind of smell this body order coming through 
they've uh, you know tailored her dress to fit her as best as it can but it still is kind of ill-fitting and you know there's nothing they can do about her voice it's just this uh, kind of awful cackle and uh, she comes down the aisle and you know the the fanciest bishop or priest or officiator whoever they got to to perform the wedding you know has these beautiful words to say and eventually comes to the part where uh, you know he pronounces them married and uh, as soon as they're married Dame Ragnell says all right Gwen, how about a kiss and Gwen, to his credit without a moment of hesitation leans in and kisses her and as he's kissing her uh, everyone kind of gasps and he has no idea why they're gasping and uh, he opens his eyes and Dame Ragnell is nowhere to be seen and instead there's this this other woman who's got this long beautiful thick auburn hair um, you know she's more has a a traditional style that he's attracted to um, just this beautiful face and this lovely voice um, and he says who are you and she replies I'm Dame Ragnell I'm your wife and he, he says I I you know I've seen her before and she looks nothing like you she goes I was put under a curse by that same evil knight that you know made King Arthur run around and answer that question um, but this is me in my true form and your kiss has broken the spell and he is just totally shocked and everyone in the whole church is shocked and uh, you know they all cheer and stuff because they got married not just because you know now she's this beautiful woman and uh, they go back to the honeymoon suite and they're sitting there and they're talking and she's combing her hair and Gwen is you know working on whatever he's working on and she says, hey, you know that curse that I told you about earlier today? And Gwen says, yeah, haven't forgotten, you know, still pretty shocked about the whole thing, actually. And she said, well, you know, I haven't been completely honest. There's, there's another part to the curse. And Gwen says, oh, really? What, what is it? Tell me, tell me what this is. And uh, she says, well... You know, the other part of the curse is that um, you have to pick when I look like this. So I can either look like this during the day when we're out and about with your friends um, and then to revert to the other Dame Ragnell that was less attractive uh, at night when we're together. Or I can look like this at night when we're together and look like my old self when, you know, we're uh, during the day when we're out and about with, with your friends. And Sir Gwen thinks about it for a moment. and But she's like, you you have to choose. I, I, I can't. And Sir Gwen thinks about it for a moment. And uh, he says, you know, uh, I, this is not a decision for me. I cannot choose. You decide. You tell me when you want you know, to look like and when you want to look like it. Um, remembering, of course, that uh, the answer to the, the evil knight's question, sovereignty, means uh, the ability to choose. And so what women wanted most was the ability to choose or the freedom to choose for themselves. Uh, Dame Ragnell hears this and she gets so excited and she starts jumping up and down yelling, you did it, you did it. And he starts jumping up and down, real shocked that he had done something so right to elicit this type of response. 
And he's like, I, I did what? And she's like, you broke the other curse. That was the other half of the curse and you broke it. And he's like, great, what does that mean? And she says, I, I look like this all the time. And he's even more excited. Oh, this is so great. And they were, you know, of course they were married at this point, but they lived happily. They hardly ever argued. Um, they just got along splendidly. But unfortunately, that only lasted for about five years. And uh, during that five years, you know, they're just happily married. But after five years, she mysteriously vanished and never was heard of by Gwen again. And although Gwen, you know, eventually he married others and he was eventually married several times throughout his life, uh, he never loved any of his other wives to quite the same extent that he loved Dame Ragnall. 